Hey everyone, welcome back to Office Politics. I am your host, Jasmine Reed Clark, and this is the space where we talk about life after the offer letter. In today's episode, I am speaking with fellow writer and creative consultant, Anna Myers. You may have seen her words in Teen Vogue, Refinery29, Glamour, MTV, Pop Sugar, Apartment Therapy, Self, etc., etc. She has a phenomenal newsletter, but more than that, a phenomenal spirit. Oh, and did I mention she is like six degrees away from Taylor Swift in a professional setting? And I didn't know this immediately. Um, Yeah. So anyway, (laughs) we're going to hop into her star-studded resume, what it's like having to sell trauma for clicks and what she's learned from the process, and really what the tea is for being a writer and in the public eye. And with that, let's get into today's episode. One thing that we've talked about offline is selling your trauma for clicks. And I just want us to like really dive into what it means to set boundaries as a creative, a writer, and really a professional. Um, So when we're talking offline, I would love to hear how did you really come to the realization that there is this emotional exploitation that can happen yeah. in our industry? When did you first see it? And how was it affecting your life in the beginning? So it's interesting because in my case, I started seeing it right from the beginning from my blog and online magazine, <laughs> submit your piece here and click X and it's done. It's going to appear online days. <laughs> but um, it was self-inflicted in a way, which is strange now looking back, but it's really interesting uh, that no one ever asked me or at least yeah, I don't think um, it was very explicitly said that that would be the way to progress. It was just something I maybe got from, yeah, seeing other people or mm-hmm. uh, inherently wanting to punish myself. Oh, no. <laughs> but you kind of start feeling like, oh, well, this is something that got me published once. I'm going to write about that again. And I do want to be clear, I'm still very much a work in progress when it comes to this stuff. But it's important to set boundaries even if you're going to break them every now and again, because no one else will do it for you, first of all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Publications will definitely not care. Oh, absolutely. Um, they will milk you for anything you are willing to talk about. We which both know is, that. in a way, fair. That's yeah. their role. My role is to be able to say, I'm not going to pitch something that I feel in my gut I am not ready to talk about, but right. it could get me a cool byline. Why not? Right, right. <laughs> or, and then the other thing... And to me, for me personally, this has been a symptom of cancel culture. But I also mm. now think, is this something I will likely disagree with in the next two to five years? And sure, there's yeah. really no way to know. But I used to be much more open about talking on certain topics and beliefs mm-hmm. and ideologies. And I have pulled back recently because... I just want to be sure I can stand by my work later on. Yeah. Obviously, I know there are going to be plenty of pieces. There, there are pieces out there now that I don't agree with, but sure, or yeah. don't agree with wholly. But Mm-mm-mm. I think that's also another thing I've I'm I'm battling with in current in real time. Oh, I feel that so much. I 
was thinking about that recently looking back on some, <laughs> I lost a lot of work, which was losses in the proper sense of the word. Like I had a technical meltdown and my laptop lost a bunch of files. And so I had to go back on the like early sites and download them again, which was excruciating. Cause then, you know, you're there, you start reading them. And I was thinking about that exact same thing of like, wow, I wrote this in what, 2014, 15. Mm -hmm. I do not love where my head was at. (laughs) Not anything crazy, but even just like how we spoke about feminism or Mm -hmm. how I would point fingers at other women or just think, you know. (laughs) Yes. And going back to the boundaries that, and I love what you said about even if I have to break them from time to time. It's still important Mm -hmm. to put them there because no one else will. What are some of the boundaries that you have in place for yourself today? And how do you hold yourself Mm -hmm. accountable? Yeah. So, um, my, I wrote about my eating disorder quite a few times and I, (laughs) and it was one of my biggest pieces, uh, back when it first came out. Um, I wrote about how I was struggling with something that I thought I'd maybe put to rest or like got better with. And then COVID happened and I found myself kind of spiraling again. And I pitched it, I think on a Friday afternoon. And by Monday, I'd had it written. It was accepted. I had it written and it was published the next week. Um, And it was really great feeling to be like, wow, I'm like sharing myself with the world and like my problems and I'm making people feel less alone. Um, But that was a a specific case where I was able to be really honest about everything that came with, you know, a specific sort of circumstances that you want to be really sensitive uh, when talking about. And I think when that was published and I was so happy with it, I took that as an example of like, okay, this is how I want to feel. I'm not going to write if they try and, you know, change anything where something that would actually make sense changing, that's fine. But if it's something that alters my perception of uh, such a personal experience, I don't want that to be the case if it's something, you know, like an eating disorder, like a um, an anxiety or uh, a mental health issue or something big. I've been, you know, it's it's very normal and, and um, part of the game to get edits and I'm happy to change. I don't think that's a very strong boundary that I have at any point of like, oh, I can you know, embellish a little when it comes to what face creams I use or what, um, where I was when I realized this and this and who made me, I don't know, I'm making up real stupid examples, but whatever that is. (laughs) But when it comes to stuff that other people will read and either feel less alone or more alone in reading, I have to be really clear that with myself that someone else is going to read that and it will have an impact on them. And so I always try and think of the reader, if that doesn't sound too egotistical, <laughs> when putting those boundaries. Because if if they're just for me, um, I'm going to break them more easily. <laughs> but if I'm I thinking, if I lie about something or if I, you know, I'm not or actually if I'm too honest, but then it's just depressing, um, that's not helpful to anyone. <laughs> completely agree. But switching gears just a little bit, I, like you, have, you know, we both have switched careers and industries several times Mm -hmm. over. And I want to know, what did it teach you about how to 
kind of what we said, be your own PR person and really market your transferable skills. And what was your motivation behind each career change? Oh, I love this question because it it taught me everything. Um, I am so grateful every day that I managed to, uh, well, actually, yeah, like switch over numerous times and still be here to tell the tale and not just be like, wow, that was a mistake. And I don't know what I'm doing now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So that's uh, insight. Um, What motivated it is I was just so sad as an actress. I was, you know, doing little short films here and there, um, a few commercials, a few, (laughs) a Durex commercial. That was my like straight out of drama school uh, claim to fame. (laughs) (laughs) still on the internet you can find it um but it's just it's a waiting game and I am not very patient and I was just so sad day after day I you know I don't want to say I was in the darkest place I've ever been but it wasn't nice it was really not fun to like come home every night and be like what the hell am I doing with my life and why am I not why can't I just say this to myself and like be real and say, this is not working. It's just like any bad relationship. You have to be honest with yourself to be able to get something better. Um, Mm -hmm. And I wasn't for so long and it was truly, truly a a horrible feeling. And um, as it usually is with terrible relationships, you just reach a point where um, I just couldn't do it anymore. And I, the thought of, I remember I wanted to cut my hair and my agent said, no, (laughs) I know. Whenever we want to grab scissors, give ourselves bangs, (laughs) like we're going through some shit. But as an actress, I couldn't, well, I could, but I remember I had to ask my agent and be like, well, maybe I shouldn't because then I'll have to take new pictures. Oh, but actually, wait, I wanted to go on holiday. I can't because I might get this audition. And obviously I didn't get it. So I didn't get the job nor the holiday. And I just, um, I had a breakdown to put it <laughs> nicely and, um, and realized I just could not take it anymore. It was just not worth it. Even if I became the next Angelina Jolie, it was just not worth the pain that I was going through those months of uncertainty and wondering if I ever uh, could get anything better than that. Um, and that's the real thing, the real struggle about switching careers. I don't know about you, but for me, it was just the the thought of like, will I ever get anything else? Like, am I, (laughs) do I know what I'm doing? Or am I just like saying goodbye to one thing and, and that's it. (laughs) And honestly, rationally, uh, you know, like I can, you know, get a job tomorrow. It's fine. It might not be the job of my life, but I can get something in that moment. You're like, I will never work again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Uh, If, if only Jordan were here, he would be like, I used to just be like, oh, well, I should just give it up. And yeah, uh, yeah like, and he's like, really? You're 25? You're just, there's nothing left <laughs> for you to do. <laughs> exactly. No, that, what you said of, will I ever get work or get more things? That mm-hmm. is the, you know, if we do the Instagram versus reality of entrepreneurship and being a writer, mm-hmm. you know, people get to see the glamour of having your byline in a major publication. But on mm-hmm. the end of it, or, you know, what you're, what people don't see behind the byline is you're always well, until you get to a healthier place with yourself, you are always thinking, <laughs> when's the next story? Like, when's the next pitch going to get yeah, picked up? When's yeah. the next big break going to come? Or 
feeling like you are in such a heightened gamble is really what it Mm. feels like. I recently invested in my first publicist and it's scary. I'm paying her $500 a month. And while I know I actually think she's worth actually more than 500 a month, (laughs) it's still that gamble of like, but, but what if, yeah, what if I'm putting money into, into this thing and, Things don't work out, not because of her, but because what if people don't want to hear just from life. you anymore? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And yeah, so you oh, you gosh. came to that realization and you did you just leave acting with a clean break like cold turkey? Yeah. Yeah. So I <laughs> went on holiday because that's what you do when you have a breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and when I came back, I was just like, that's it. That's it. I will never I just stopped calling myself an actress that very same day. Like I would meet new people and be like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, yeah, sure. But like, what's your job? I don't know. But what are you doing before? doesn't matter. (laughs) I'm not doing that anymore. So it's fine. Um, And then became a grueling process of, okay, what's, (laughs) how long can I do this for? I have a little bit (laughs) saved up and I was working, you know, on the side and events and, uh, catering and all that sort of stuff that you do uh, when you're in a creative industry. Yes. But I wanted something stable. I wanted an office job for the first time in my life, any job at all. I did not care what or how or why. I just wanted someone to say, you are not just someone who used to be an actress and now doesn't know what to do anymore. You are a person with a life that will continue and you might do terrible things or great things with it, but it will continue. And I was very lucky that I did find that. Um, with a cold email, I remember telling you this at the beginning when we started talking offline. You're like, what do you mean? <laughs> yes, because this story doesn't, it, well, I'll let you take it away, Cinderella, because this is a fairy tale. <laughs> Again, luck. I cannot stress that enough. Um, I did PR myself pretty well. Now looking back, I did find the email again, which was fun. Um, and realized I, you know, if I just put, I used to be an actress and now I would like a job, please. And thank you. No one would look at me twice, but I was thinking, what else do I, what is in acting that I can use? (laughs) What can I use here? Mm -hmm. So I have skills. I, you know, work long hours on set, uh, thinking on the spot, creative solutions all the time because there's always something that goes wrong. You're very adaptable. You just adapt to thing after thing after thing from what the director says to like weather to you thought you had a job and now actually it's a different one, but it's tomorrow. But like the one from Friday, oh, they moved that back. So you need to shoot this tomorrow, but you haven't learned the script yet. All of that is very valuable when you apply that to another industry. I just had to learn to kind of see it that way and actually tell myself like, this is valuable. So you can sell this in an interview. <laughs> um, and, and cause I want to hold on to your story, but there's such a important lesson in that for those mm-hmm. who are listening who may be thinking, well, I wasn't an actress. No, no, no. Whenever you are looking to change industries ever from being a teacher, you want to go back to the corporate life or vice versa. What was a question or what is a question people can ask themselves when trying to decipher which skills are transferable or which, excuse me, what skills are valuable across different industries? I think ask yourself what 
you're proud of um, Mm -hmm. and what you're not and just start there. Yes. Because if I go, I'm very proud of, um, you know, I did learn scripts at 11 at night and then was on set at 7 a.m. the next morning. Yeah, of course I'm proud. Why can't I use that? It doesn't have to be like, you know, in my CV looking pretty. I can just say that. Or I mean, it is also on my CV, but (laughs) once I have that in my mind, it's a lot easier to think of myself as someone who can use that in other industries or in other jobs. Um, If I just think, you know, the, the classic case, I'm not a mother, but I imagine this is what parents go through all the time when they're like, mm-hmm. well, you know, I was out of the workforce for so long and now I want to go back. That's so valuable. I know society tells us it's not, but that's yeah. on society. It's not on us. Mm-hmm. A parent, <laughs> just think of all the things that you have to juggle at any given second of the day and night to yes. keep a child alive. That is a skill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is 10 skills. That is all like, the skills. I've got a five adaptability. So right? 100%. And, and, and you think, you oh, for- I can't yeah. say, oh, I, uh, how many leads did I get on a certain project or, or how many links I got for my website or like, you know, those are the metrics that we're used to seeing and talking about and reading about. But there's so much more that you can think for yourself and about yourself and try to use that instead of just the like pretty metrics. Absolutely. Thank you for letting us take that detour. Um, I think that's (laughs) just really something everyone can take away from this episode, but okay. So I'm excited. You were thinking about what are the things I can really put in a in this cold Mm -hmm. email and, and I'll let you take it away from here. Well, and so I sent that, kind of all over uh, in London from production companies to, I think, other events uh, agencies. And then one, I I always loved music and film were always my two greatest passions, but then I chose film because I don't play an instrument. I play the piano, but just like for fun. Um, But I did always have this dream of going back and working in music. So I sent that one called email to Taylor Swift's publicist in London And I, again, was very, very lucky that they said we had an intern, but they just left. Actually, can you start on Monday? I was like, sure, I'll do that for a little bit. That sounds great. No, I actually stayed for almost two years. Wait, pause. (laughs) I have to ask, was there with publicist just on like indie.com with like, (laughs) like how, how did you find the posting? And I say no at the time. When I say cold, I mean cold. There was absolutely (laughs) nothing on the internet (laughs) indicating or implying even that they were looking for an intern or for anyone at all. I just, I think, had a list of agencies um, and just looked at the roster and I said, um, you know, I really love your clients. I think I want to learn from you. I think I could be a, a, a great asset because I do work great under pressure. Um, mm-hmm. and I have incredible communication skills, <laughs> which is fair. That's what you need to work in PR, but that's also really what you need to do auditions day in and day out. Um, actually, you know what? I have the email right here. 
Uh, uh, uh. I have plenty of experience working under pressure and within tight deadlines, as well as strong writing and communication skills. Managing a team of five during a nationwide events campaign has also taught me invaluable lessons on being in charge of admin and organizations. Liaising directly with clients and media, keep an eye on every detail, and never saying no to the most menial of tasks. Like, this is ridiculous. I read this now, and I'm like, okay, sure, you did do that, but that's... But that's PR. That's PR. You yeah, know, <laughs> it's all about pitching yourself. Like this is, is exactly this it. is exactly yeah. what gets people's attention. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, and I somehow caught the luckiest break of my life. And they were in need of an intern. I went. I had no idea how to do anything. Um, the scanner broke on my very first day, and I had to try and figure that out. <laughs> um, but I loved it so much. And because it, it's quite a small agency, and I got to learn so much more than I would have at, you know, like Sony or Columbia or a bigger, um, something bigger within the music industry still, because I was, it was just really hands on. And when I say I never said no, and when I say I <laughs> had, kind of, yeah, experience working under pressure. You can imagine someone of the caliber of Taylor Swift. And, and yeah. it wasn't just Taylor. They have other clients like wonderful Annie Lennox and Madison Beer, who I still listen to this day. I think she's so cool. Um, so yeah, pressure was 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 high. <laughs> but I was so hungry and I was so happy that my life wasn't over, basically. <laughs> my professional life, but it felt like my whole life was like, ah, oh, I don't know what I'm doing oh my god and then how did that even become the launching pad for what you did once you you left working with her team yeah so I think once I learned that that was a possibility that you can just learn as much as you can and truly learn not just like you know a year working for Taylor Swift but uh doing your own Twitter on the side and like mm-hmm. barely paying attention, that's not gonna do anything for me. But if I really, really give it my everything for I was there for a year and a half and then I continued freelance um throughout the full core uh campaign, which was so cool. Um and I kind of did that again. And I was like, okay, well, I've learned so much. I'm sure there's something I can do with this. I don't know what it is, but I know I want to be freelance. I know I want to travel. I know I want to be my own boss for a while again. And without all the pressure of like, you know, the agent and the auditioning and all of that's not freelance. That's just like, you're a slave to to destiny Mm -hmm. and to whatever might happen. Whereas a proper business, you know, what I call it now, it's a consulting business. So I do a little bit of uh, music PR consulting. So basically just writing press releases and doing campaigns for other artists. And I've put that a little bit on pause at the moment because I'm writing so much. I'm doing some voiceovers, which is another thing that I was doing on the side while I was acting. And I continued that because it's great money and who wants to say no to money, but it's a proper <laughs> business. And I would never have been able to do any of it or even just, you know, on good days, it's great. And then on the bad days, you need something to have very clear in your mind of like, this is why I'm doing it. And this is why I'm oh. good at it. And this is why I'm going to bed and mm-hmm. I will not think about this. And then tomorrow is another day. <laughs> that is chef's kiss. Perfect. Right. <laughs> you have to tie everything back to, even if your mission is one of my clients right now, she is not passionate about what she does, but she is a first mm-hmm. generation 
immigrant and or excuse me, she's a first generation professional and she's like, hey, I I just want to build wealth management. Uh, mm, <laughs> so mm-mm. that is her her why. Um, And speaking of money and, and knowing your why, I want to talk about learning your worth and not working for free, (laughs) especially when you are freelance and consulting. Um, Often in our industry, people love to pay you in exposure or love that. Oh yeah. I'm like, girl, (laughs) girl, what am I? I can't take exposure to my landlord who is like, of course Probably you can. You didn't know. And does not. Yeah. No. <laughs> what do you want me to do with this? And I just want to know what are some rules or life lessons that you've learned? And, you know, it's really full circle to boundaries because mm, yeah. actually to take, uh, to unveil what's going on. Literally, I sent this email both last night and then to another professional this morning who's on that same team. I haven't been paid and they keep coming up with these mm. these reasons. And while I'm sure it is legit, although I have been scammed. Pause. Legit. I'm But I'm like, uh, I've been writing for y'all for several months. And by the way, it's copy ad, so it's no one who has my byline. So no yeah, one's gonna know yeah. the company, but um, but yeah, I just had so they tried to give me another assignment, and I'm like, yeah, I can't do that. You all haven't paid me for the last five articles mm-hmm. I've done, and magically, just something always is going wrong when it's time to get paid. And I think <laughs> if I hadn't gone through my scam last year or the beginning of this year, oh I guess. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think if I hadn't gone through that, I would just be like, oh, it's okay, it's okay, and now it's like. It's not okay. I mean, mm. best case scenario, every hiccup you're experiencing is real. But then, okay, get your shit together, and then I'll give you the rest. Like you need to learn. A or business just be lesson. honest with me, because then we can have yeah. an actual conversation. But exactly. if there's just always something, yeah, I'd much rather someone told me straight up, like I don't want to pay you. I think you're yeah. worthless, yeah. and I just <laughs> want to get. The results and the work that you did without having to deal with you. Exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm dead ass though. Like, don't do this, you know, this dance. So I know for me, I I feel like I had to grow up really quick in the last year mm-hmm. and learn. It is, I don't have to be polite when it comes to working. Like, I don't have to be polite to be asked. Yeah. I, I, I'm rambling now, but it is a... No, I so get it. Yeah, it's like I don't I don't owe you cordial bullshit when mm-hmm. you're not paying me and you are doing shady shit. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> clearly I'm going to help myself down from the soapbox and let you talk. But yeah, what no, are some I lessons love it. really like yeah, like what have you had to learn and like what has your experience been like when it comes to getting paid as a freelancer? I think it's it's exactly the same in different uh you know ways obviously for everyone is different but the core is the same first time you get scammed whether it's you know a hundred dollars and you never mm-hmm. get them back or I'm sure there's people getting uh you know like pushing forward and forward and they're like oh it'll come with the next assignment it'll come mm-hmm. with the next assignment and then it's a, a huge amount 
the core is like you need that first shock to be able to then say no, I think, yep. at least for me. I, um, I was never not paid for huge amounts, but well, I had to wait for huge amounts. Yes. yes. <laughs> Which is also annoying. And that but- is hard, actually. And everyone told me this when before I went freelance. Yeah. Like, oh, it's so weird not to get paid bi-weekly. And I'm like, oh, it won't be weird. It really is weird. That is like if I miss one yeah. thing from a nine to five yeah. is I'm like – I miss knowing when money is going to hit and like Mm -hmm. getting – so in fact now – and Just peace of mind. Yeah. And now (laughs) typically your money is getting touched by whether it be Stripe or PayPal. That's the other thing I think – I recently raised my rates and part of that is because – a lot of people Jeez, have to touch your money before it comes back to you. So Mm -mm. that's the other thing I – um. Yeah. So, I mean. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that was a thing. And then my first time getting paid with PayPal, I was like, wait, this uh-huh. isn't what we agree. <laughs> I was like, this is not what I budgeted for yeah. the month of July. So. That's the level of naivety that I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> then you have exactly, to go look at the fees. Exactly. But I'm, but I keep cutting you off. So I truly will zip my lips and. No, no, I love it. Yeah. Um, so- yeah first scam. And well, maybe not even necessarily a scam, but just like first person to try and lowball you or try and. I remember very clearly someone a beginning of pandemic when, you know, we're all just trying our best. It was last spring. And I, I was in the mindset of like, I'm not going to push too much because we're all going through hard times. We're all just going to try and help each other. Clearly not the case. Someone who genuinely harassed me, like annoyed me all weekend with emails being like, this is super urgent. Like I absolutely need this by tonight. Da, da, da. Obviously we hadn't agreed to anything. It was just like, he woke up on a Friday evening, decided he wanted it by Saturday. Oh my God. And then by like two weeks later, it still hadn't been paid. I'm like, well then what are we doing? Like if I'm trying to be nice to you and I, and I try and keep this as a lesson, obviously two weeks is not a huge uh, amount of time. But in that case, it was the first time it happened post COVID or like during COVID. And so it was kind of a shock of like, oh, we're still doing this. I, before we transition into the rapid fire, I just want to know mm-hmm. what's next for you, Anna, and where can everyone keep up with you? Oh, uh, they can keep up with me on Instagram mainly. I did have a Twitter, but I accidentally deleted it. And did you know Twitter deletes your account like permanently after oh, 30 yeah. days? Oh, yeah. Because I, this happened uh. back in, I think, college or maybe right after <laughs> college, but I needed a mental break. Actually, fun. Yeah. I was going through a breakup and I was mad stalking my ex at the at the time like being like which tweets did he favorite (laughs) oh so cringe and Uh. I had to just take a full break and then when I was ready to come back it was deleted this wasn't there yeah yeah Twitter's a pretty toxic place anyway, so it was. It I'm kind of glad I lost it, yeah. But there were some fun tweets in there. I <laughs> I curated it for years and years. I'm kind of mad at myself, but anyway, you can keep up with me on Instagram mainly at Anna Myers one three nine. And at www.annamyers.co.uk, you can find my newsletter. I write weekly essays about joy and light and how to find inspiration everywhere around you. I think it's pretty cool. People think it's pretty cool. I love it. It's my little baby. Um, And what's next for me? God knows. Um, I was trying to move to France before all of this. So I'm hoping that will still be uh, a possibility of restrictions. Uh, When I say before all of this, like genuinely like March, 2020. 
So I've been waiting a while. <laughs> I feel like it's so funny that I feel like so many of us had these like pretty lofty goals for the beginning of 2020 yeah. and just poo-poo. <laughs> like, I think we're getting close. I don't want to say too much. I don't oh, jinx I know. I'm like, I feel I'm knocking like on every piece of wood. Back. I'm just like, I'm going to keep my app right here. Like just, yeah. But then again, I don't know. The ocean's on fire, Anna. So who knows? We'll, we'll. God. <laughs> It puts it in perspective. I'm here trying to go to France on fire, and I'm like, oh yeah, I know. Like, like I thought he it was a euphemism. He's like, no, Jasmine, the ocean is on fire, and then he sends me a picture, and I'm like, oh my god, all right, (laughs) sure. (laughs) And speaking of fire, let's get into this rapid fire question. (laughs) Good segue. <laughs> when at a time, either professional or personal, that you realized the right thing and the hard thing were the same? I love this question so much. Um, I think every damn time, but <laughs> that's besides the point. I think if something is really, you know, stuck in your throat and you're really itching to do something about it, but you can't, it's so hard. That's probably the right thing. Your intuition is great. Follow it. Um, in my case, it was leaving acting and just starting over completely and having no idea what I was doing next, but knowing deep down that it was the one good decision I've ever made in my life. <laughs> oh, oh, that's beautiful. Wow. And I love what you said about intuition. Yes. Follow it. And the more Mm -hmm. you follow it, the more you are going to hone it. It's a muscle. Yeah, it really is. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I don't even, you can't question. Yeah. And uh, what is your favorite way to celebrate big and small wins? Um, a lot of pasta. I am Italian. <gasps> that yes. is the first thing. <laughs> now, I'm a bow tie kind of girl. I'm 100% serious. <laughs> no, I know. No, no, no. I'm a bow tie kind of girl, and I like the ones. Like, yes. I just love ones like spirally as well. Do you have a favorite kind of pasta? Ooh, um, uh, so many. Um, okay, the colorful ones, they could be any kind, but when they're colorful, I absolutely, I just have the best time. Yes, <laughs> like just eating I, all the reds first and then all the greens and all. I don't know <laughs> like what the psychology says about you and I, but that I'm a child. to have like fruit and vegetables <laughs> if it looks like a colorful bowl of fruit. So yeah, yeah, I have to get creative and perfect. Yeah. yeah pasta and then do you uh, like naked pasta or do you like it with a sauce oh with a sauce I think a nice easy pesto like a true Italian pesto with all the like I mean I wish I could say homemade basil I don't I don't do that I just buy it but you know my grandma does yeah (laughs) oh there's something in there I love that a little bit of a sauce that is perfect yeah pesto is reigns supreme it's just so good I do also have, okay, so pasta is my, yeah, let's say more of a personal thing. And then professionally to celebrate big wins, I keep an anti-bucket list. Do you know about this? You do this. Wait, tell me more about- It's so good. I, well, instead of, oh, so I have a lot of, you know, bucket lists and like goals and like like quarterly things that I want to do or like things that I want to do with each new moon cycle. Like it varies a lot. Yes. But then anti-bucket list has been so good because I always forget my 
whenever I get something right, even a small thing, but I'm like, oh, wow, I was really good in that meeting. Or I feel like I helped that person today. Or mm-hmm. I you know, gave good advice. Or that piece is really smashing it on socials. And I just keep a list of it. And I look through it whenever I'm sad. Completely. In fact, I call mine, (laughs) you're right, I do this. I I call mine like a highlight. So in my notes, I do the same thing. And this is a tip for professionals that, because sometimes when you're doing your resume, it's so easy to get that block in your mind of what the Mm -hmm. hell did I do with this company or what should I do? All goes out the window. Exactly. And then (laughs) when you have this list, it's easy to go back, see those wins. I mean, and that's obviously you're probably looking for bigger wins, but even the small ones realizing, uh, I think help. I think it's a very yeah. grounding for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it really helped me through the last year or so when everything's just felt so, you know, each day runs into the other and you mm-hmm. kind of know you're doing stuff, but at the end of the week, you're not really sure what it was. I think keeping note of everything, like, okay, well, first of all, we're still here. That's a win. That's good. And then less morbidly, look at all this stuff. And it's not just professional. Like I, I do this for, you know, emotional accomplishments, let's say as well. But oh, I think I it really that. helped. Oh my gosh. I'm having a moment with you. I, I don't know that I do that. And that is absolutely, I'm, I see my therapist in a few days. I'm going to tell her that <laughs> I need to celebrate my emotional wins. Like Enforcing right? boundaries, saying no, um, not Mm-mm-mm. you know. I usually prioritize my my to dos based off people pleasing. Like okay, um, and and putting anything that yeah. only serves me at the bottom of the list. And I'm working on flipping that. And yeah, that's really beautiful, Anna. And Aww. so, what is the one thing about wealth management and or business that few people know, but you wish everyone knew? Okay, so I'm not great at wealth management, so I won't (laughs) pretend to be able to speak to that. I'm not going to lie to you on here. I'm trying. I'm doing my best, but it's a work in progress. But in terms of business, that standing your ground and standing up for yourself in whatever way from the smallest to the biggest is not an innate skill. It's something you learn through discomfort. I was so sure that it was just something that I would just pick up and, and and be fine with. And like one day you wake up and you're a person in business who knows her stuff and is able to write angry emails. No, no, it's hard upping your rates, calling people up, admitting you need help with something, admitting you failed at something and having to go back, like having that mental capacity is not well, it's not easy, but it's also not innate. It's just something you learn and you have to keep at and work on over and over again. Over, yeah, everything just like intuition, learning to stand up for yourself or like you said, even raising your rates, it is a muscle that you have to keep yeah. working out. And yeah. And then finally, complete this sentence for me. The best way to handle a toxic work environment is to blank. Is to have a tried and tested way to switch off and not just, I used to think switch off was, okay, I go home from my toxic workplace and I look at Instagram for an hour or Mm -hmm. I, uh, you know, pretend I am relaxing, but really I'm just stressing underneath. No, like 
truly switch off, which again is a muscle and is not something I'm great at. <laughs> but the more you practice it, the better you are at it. And that's something I really learned to prioritize when I was just under a lot of pressure at work and not very clear on like where to turn and what I could do to help myself. And I was feeling myself like spiral and spiral. Just thought I need um I need to prioritize myself. If I need to switch off my phone for the weekend and truly not yep. speak to a single person, that's it for myself. For someone else, yep. it could be spend the day with friends all weekend. <laughs> but you have to know yourself really well to be able to survive something like a toxic work environment and not crash. <laughs> and you have to know how to how to be your best friend and work with yourself, not against, not like, okay, I'm going to do more because then, and I'm speaking to myself. I used to do this so much. But I used to think, okay, well, this is not a, a great place to be. So I'm going to try even harder. So I'm going to mm-hmm. work even more. So I'm going to yep. go the extra mile. And it's nice to go the extra mile, but not if you're crashing underneath. It's really not. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You, uh, you're like diving face first mm-hmm. <laughs> at the finish line. And yeah. I, I think that's a really honest confession and something that resonates with me on an intimate level because mm-hmm. there was a season um, not even that long ago that I just thought, okay, if I just keep pulling all nighters, it will, I don't know, yeah, click. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, sometimes all nighters are fruitful, but for most of the time it got to, I remember like looking over at Jordan being like, I can literally feel like I can feel myself aging and dying and like deteriorating. So I have unfortunately had to learn the lesson many, many, many times over, but Mm -mm. find that tried and true routine and really honor it. And if you are lucky enough to have people around you and supporters, allow them because there was, again, there was a season where I would like snap if like, get sassy I mean not literally snap but (laughs) if Jordan was like hey like you said you were gonna put your laptop away at eight and um Mm -hmm. you know and I think I've I've really come around to understanding that he's helping me stay accountable and yeah so just have your supporters as well who who also want the best for you yeah and then I mean absolutely to everything you just said and I'll add if you can leave leave um, <laughs> uh, maybe because I think there's a big difference between a stressful week mm-hmm. um, and a mm-hmm. stressful six months or a stressful year or a stressful five years, you know, just like with anything, work is just another part of our lives. If I was in a relationship where I felt bad for a couple of weeks or a month, that is fine. That is a rough patch. That is okay. If you come home crying every day for six months, you need to get out. Um, and I just thought, again, we're taught that that's how the world works and that you suffer, you suffer and you get places, you suffer, you suffer, you get a promotion. Maybe, but at what cost? And also, do you want that promotion or are you just staying in it because you think that's the only thing you can do? That is every, like, I think, I hope in this decade, you know, in, in when I was 25, I began to do this, but I hope to do it more um, in this decade, in my 30s, bucking s- societal norms or ideologies that A, do not serve me, but B, truly are bullshit. And that is mm-hmm. one that I am having to 
I'm having to recondition my my thoughts around work and that is it. Like, oh, you have to put your blood, sweat, tears, and yeah. mental health <laughs> into something before yeah. you see success. And that is one where it's, okay, how can you still prioritize what's important? How can you keep your values aligned and, yeah. you know, see something that you want out into the world, go into the world. Um, so, yeah. I, you know, once I perfect it, I'll let everyone know, but... There's a lot of <laughs> yes, please do. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of uh, at least here in America. There's a lot of capitalist. Uh, oh yeah, idols that. Thankfully, I think in time we are beginning to to call them out yeah, and break them down. Yeah. Um, but first, we all have to be aware of the altars. But I think they won't bring. come down by themselves if we. Yep. You know, it's up to. <laughs> I don't want to sound too cliche, but it's up to us to decide who to put on a pedestal Ooh. and. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure Elon Musk is just trying his best, but as long as that's the kind of person that we try to emulate. <laughs> Here's what's so funny. Jordan and I were just talking. We were saying how I feel like there's two types of people in the world, people who worship Elon Musk and people who cannot stand him. And I was saying yeah. how there was someone at my old job who, and I still think this person was really smart, but he ended up like one day be like, yeah, like Elon Musk, like that's a guy who's going to change the world. I was like, mm-hmm. and I just <laughs> like in that moment, like not you, like I, I agree with <laughs> literally every, you know, and that's fine. Everyone comes in different dimensions, but it's, I love oh, for sure. And uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think choose your idols well. And yep. Think, keep your end goals in mind and make sure they're aligned with what you want and not what society tells you uh, you have to want. And it comes to, you know, I, I just think it's all the small things as well. It's not necessarily, you know, I know my big values and then I always lose sight of the smaller things. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Fuck that I'm like, yeah. well, I want to be a good person, a uh, 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 savvy business person. I want to be someone who stands up for the people and then, or someone who takes care of herself in business. And then I'm like, oh, but I'll respond to annoying WhatsApps. No. <laughs> Why can't I just be very clear with myself that I do not use WhatsApp for work? No. And if you want me, you can email me. And if you don't, that's your problem. <laughs> you know, really, like at one point, um, everyone's like, "You have to get on WhatsApp because that's what, like, that's how you run your business." I'm just like, "No, I just mm-hmm. no, thank you." I um, truly, I'm like, I would rather you just have my text or my phone number. You know, these are yeah. like clients. Just but. call me, my God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like one more fucking app. Like I have, I have the most toxic relationship with Slack. Like. No, I mean, yeah, at this point, it's a yeah. bad boyfriend I've had to break up with and take off my phone. But my God, I'm like, Mm-mm-mm. no, we. I drew the line at Slack. I'm not getting WhatsApp. And and that is going to be that. So yeah. yeah, it's all these little boundaries that make up the big boundaries. And then we can <laughs> look at me. I'm a writer. It's all the small boundaries that make up the big boundaries. Uh, well, you this is be my laughing, best copy. You might be laughing, but I wrote that down. So <laughs> that's called impact. And but that's true. And if 
It's the baby. But yeah, it's a it's a big lesson for me. Well, with that, Anna, you have been such a joy to have on the show. Everyone, oh, this has been so lovely. Yes. I love when you can talk about, um, you know, the inspirational shit, but also the hard shit. Um, and so thanks for just being That's open our jam. to talking about both. <laughs> so everyone go keep up with her on social, check out her newsletter. And until oh, next time, you. I will talk to you guys later. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.